0: Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It's time for Let's Talk About Jesus. I pray today that you will take some time out of your busy life. You've taken the time to come to our website. I pray that you will take time to listen to this very important message today. If you would be pleasing to God as a Christian, uh, God wants you to hear what He desires as the highest priority for your life and mine amen and we find that very clearly delineated in the word of God today and I want to please him I don't know about you but pleasing him pleases me Hallelujah. To know that I have done something in my life or I'm, I am, I am progressing in a direction that is pleasing to the Lord. You know, the scripture said when a man's ways please the Lord, he's even able to cause his enemies to be at peace with him. Him. Doesn't mean they're gonna. Everyone's gonna love you. Every enemy is going to to quit coming against you. Is going to forgive you and embrace you. It means that they will have to recognize that God's hand is on your. Life, And they are not going to be able to overcome you, overwhelm you, discourage you, or defeat you, because if God be for us, the scripture declares, who? Can be against us. It doesn't mean that people won't come against us, but who can prevail against someone that God is pleased with, that has found favor with the Lord? <laughs> Hallelujah! And I want you to know, when your sins are forgiven and you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, uh, you have favor with God. Favor to such a degree that we can cry Abba. Father unto the God that created us, the God that we sinned against, because now we are his very sons and his very daughters. And if we seek to please him and we seek to please him by serving him and cooperating, finding what is his greatest desire and design for our life and beginning to cooperate with that highest calling of God. By the way, the highest calling of God is not just to keep you from hell and get you secured in heaven. There's a higher calling than that. You say, preacher, what could be higher than that? I'm glad that you asked today. Amen. The scripture said all things, Romans chapter 8 and verse 30, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to His purpose. And verse 31 reveals that purpose clearly and perfectly. It says, For whom He did foreknow, He did predestine to be conformed to the image of His Son. And that's exactly what the fivefold ministry within the body of Christ was to accomplish till we all come to the unity of of the faith, to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Jesus. I believe there's more to the prize of the high calling uh, in Jesus Christ that Paul was seeking than just the resurrection from the dead. Every Christian uh, is going to experience the resurrection from the dead, but he was pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling, and the highest calling in the Christian life is not the calling to missionary fields or the calling to preach the gospel or the any of the other wonderful, appointed, and anointed callings that Christians may have. It is something we all have and are all called to, and that is to become more and more progressively, more and more and more like God's Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So we're going to be talking about Sun Ripened Fruit. <laughs> I, I, I saw a book titled many, many years ago uh, that talked about the fruit of the Spirit, and and I can't find the author to give credit, but I remember the title Sun, S O N, Ripened Fruit, the fruit of the spirit is our topic, and this is is why this is so important because it's god's highest calling for the Christian. Amen. Don't let the world push you into its mold, the Scriptures declares in Romans 12, 1 1 and 2. You, You read that and you see that high calling of Christ. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service, and be no more conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove or exemplify that what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Hallelujah. Are you getting this today? What is that good, perfect, acceptable will that we become progressively more and more and more like God? Jesus Christ. And if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to the love chapter they call it. It's all about the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, It has been titled the love chapter because this kind of love that produces, uh, begins to produce the character and nature of Jesus within us is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I want to read that in its entirety, uh, taking the time, because this is such an important message today. The average Christian is not necessarily cooperating with God's highest calling and purpose. We don't understand the place of suffering. Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. We kind of want to eliminate any kind of suffering, although the Scripture says he that's suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin that he no more live his life to the will of the flesh, but to the will of God. Amen. Amen. And there are times of purging and pruning when the Holy Spirit allows, permits, and even engineers, I believe, certain events to bring us into that place where we emerge from that, that furnace of affliction, that fiery trial, that we are more pure. Uh, we're not hurt by it. We're helped to achieve His great purpose in our life. Do you understand what I'm saying? We cannot eliminate all suffering, but God can use all suffering to make us more like Jesus. And if we realize whatever humbles us and whatever brings us to a place of, of self-examination and a place where where we are no longer promoting ourselves, but... To live is Christ, and as Paul said, and to die is gain. We're not just talking about going to heaven and leaving this troubled, tumultuous world. We're talking about dying to self so that Jesus can live in us and through us. And Paul actually went on to say, it's no more I that live, but it's Christ that liveth in me. And that's what the fruit of the Spirit is all about. It's about the Holy Spirit, fruit, the product of the Holy Spirit's work in our life. The grandest thing, the greatest thing that we have been supernaturally endowed and empowered to achieve is to become progressively more and more like our Sovereign and our Savior. Hallelujah. Listen to 1 Corinthians 13, uh, and look at the development of our character, and really Christ's character in us, not just the charismata, not just the power for the gifts of the Spirit, not just power to do, but power to be. The Bible said, after the Holy Spirit uh, has come upon you, uh, you shall be witnesses unto me. And many people only seek the Holy Spirit and to be filled with and yielded to the Holy Spirit for the gifts of the Spirit, those power gifts in our life, power to do, but without the power to be and without the fundamental and foundational fruit of of the Spirit, even the power to do, is made null and void. Listen to this carefully. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, want to stop right there, we're going to be defining charity. Do not think of it as giving to some a needy ministry. Uh, this is not that kind of charity. It's talking about a divine love. God kind of love. If I don't have that, it said I'm become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. In other words, it's just noise without substance if it isn't founded on On the very love of God. If that isn't the foundation. Then tongues. Though they represent the presence. Of the Holy Spirit. And the power. And person of the Holy Spirit within us. Oh friend. Without this love. If he can't change our character. And begin to cause us to love like God loves. And to love like Christ loves. Then we become sounding brass tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift, here's the charismata, the power gifts, the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith that I could remove mountains, and have not charity, agape love, divine love, I am nothing." Now, normally, if we have all of these gifts operating in us, we are considered to be something big, something special, something very anointed and powerful. And with the love of God, that's true. But without the love of God, he says, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not this kind of love, Charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity, or the divine love of God, the God kind of love, suffereth long and is kind. It envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Oh, that word vaunteth, by the way, means a lot of self-talk. A lot of self-talk. Agape love is so strong so sure, so pure, so confident that it doesn't need to speak of itself or its accomplishments, even if those accomplishments are greater than anyone's else's. Real agape love will never flaunt itself in this way. Instead, agape love wants to focus on the accomplishments of others in order to build them up, make them feel more valuable and secure. Remember, agape isn't a self-focused Love. It is focused on giving of itself in order to meet other people's needs. It vaunteth. It doesn't speak of itself. It doesn't build itself. I remember Christ Himself as our example, though He thought it not robbery to be called equal with God. He made of Himself. No reputation. Did he gain a reputation? Did God exalt him? Yes, but not because that was his goal. He came to seek and save the lost, not to promote himself. I'm so glad when Jesus was on the cross, you and I were on his mind. I'm glad he loved us enough to stay on that cross because friend of mine, the nails or the Roman Guards could not have kept him on it unless love held him fast. But this kind of love vaunteth not itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave itself unseemingly; Speaketh not of her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth." Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity, divine agape love, never faileth. But where there is prophecies, they shall fail. Where there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, Amen, that which is in part, shall be done away. That which is perfect is not the Bible. It is not the Word of God. That which is perfect is when Christ comes (laughs) again. For when He comes, we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Amen. And our vile bodies will be fashioned after His glorious body, and we will know Him as He is. For we shall be. Here's that grand design in gold. We shall be like Him. Hallelujah. We won't. We will see in part. All of this will help us, but at our best, with all of the gifts and all of the the granting of revelation, Paul said, we look. Through a glass darkly. We do not see what we're going to see when that, that is perfect. He, that is perfect, comes. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. We look through a glass darkly, by the way. That word glass means like a smoked bottle, a bottle that was in a fire. And and, and you can look through it, but you see shadows. You don't see clear images. Paul goes on to say in verse 11, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, when I became mature, when I became grown up, I put away childish things. Now we see through a glass darkly, but then, <laughs> that, that is perfect, listen, face to face, then face to face, now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I am known, and now abouteth faith, hope, and divine agape love, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is divine agape love, praise God. You know, we had to teach all the way through this just a little bit to get to the fruit of the Spirit that we want to deal with here today. Amen. Uh, This wonderful fruit of the Spirit, love, is the foundation. It begins with love. Now the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. But we're going to start with the love of God. Amen. The fruit of the Spirit is the reproduction of the character and the nature of Jesus Christ in the life of a believer. And the first and foremost and foundational, fundamental and foundational fruit of the Spirit, it is love. It is love. Love in the Greek is agape. The Greeks had other words for love. One of them was eros, which means sensual fleshly love. The English counterpart is erotic love. This is strictly in the sexual context, but this is nothing sinful between a married couple sanctioned by the Lord. There's nothing ugly, nothing wrong with Eros, but the world is taking it out of the real committed love for one another and turned it into something that is only for our self gratification Eros they had another word is philos or phileo and it literally meant love for one's own kin it's a brotherly love it could also be uh, interpreted as a a a deep friendship uh, a love is called phileo that's why the city of Philadelphia based on this greek word is called the city of brotherly love. Uh, by the way, if you go to Philadelphia, you're going to find out that everyone in Philadelphia, just like everyone in Tampa and everyone in Chicago and everyone in New York and everyone in LA, uh, there you will not find everyone loving like you would love one of your own kin. Uh, but you will find a man that fallen man has the capacity for eros, has the capacity for phileo. But agape, as I understand it, was not used uh, before the New Testament era. It is a new word, a different word, and describes something man had never envisioned or tried to describe before. It is the Calvary kind of love, revealed in the self-sacrifice and the suffering of Jesus Christ, and we must understand the love of God. Then we can practice this love to others. And if we don't get on that foundation, we are not going to be able uh, to show that love, to exemplify that love in this gain-saying, self-serving world. That's why the Bible said, if we're going to follow. His example, if we're going to become His disciple, it starts with denying ourself. That self-love that, that makes us selfish in every motive, in everything that we do, instead of selfless, uh, that has to change if we're going to follow Jesus' example. If any man be my disciple, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. By the way, being a disciple of Jesus is not learning what your teacher knows your master knows it is becoming what your master is. There's a vast difference and just knowing what Jesus would do I, I, I have I have the little bracelet I know it's become so common what would Jesus do, and we're supposed to be living out. We know what He would do, so we should do what we know He would do. And in order to follow Him, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, we have to crucify the flesh, because the flesh is intrinsically selfish and self-serving. But when I am selfless and I I deny myself in order to, to represent a different king and a different kingdom than the kingdoms of this world, then and only then do I become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Listen to 1 John 3 and verse 16. It says, Hereby we perceive the love of God, there's that agape, because he laid down his life, speaking of Christ, for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. We should love in the Christian community with the same kind of love that brought Jesus to the cross and held him on that cross in spite of the pain and the suffering and the pressure. We express our love for God by keeping His commandments according to 1 John 5 and verse 3. Listen carefully. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. It's impossible, therefore, to claim that we love God without loving one another, because loving one another is His commandment to us. John 15 and verse 12. Jesus said, This is my commandment, that you love one another, as I have loved you. And John's gospel again, 13 and verse 34, a new commandment I give unto you, that you may love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, <laughs> if you have love, not just any, not eros, not not uh, uh, not Phila- philos or Philadelphia, no, this kind of agape love, the kind of love that I loved you with, you're to love one another with. Silas, a critic of early Christianity, made a statement meant to be a slur. Listen to what he said. These Christians love each other before they are acquainted. (laughs) Amen. How can you love somebody you don't even know just because they're part of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ? What a wonderful tribute to the God kind of love. Praise God. Amen. And so, if we're going to be a witness to the world, it's this it's singular holiness and purity and, and 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 not indulging in the practices of the world, the morals, the mores, the the all of the, the the values of a of a fallen world system, the culture that is around us, everyone, in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation, we shine as God's luminaries, as lights, the Scripture says, in the world. In the middle of this culture, we should be God's luminaries. But the most convincing aspect of our separateness is not self-righteousness, which can also become self-exalting and self-serving. No, it is the way that we relate to one another. By this shall all men know. That you are my disciples. If you have this agape kind of love to one another. Because we're to love one another as he loved us. Amen. This is the this is the challenge today. Uh, believe me, there are people in the Christian community <laughs> that are not all that lovable. I'd like to believe that 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 I would be lovable, but I know there's times when I'm not all that lovable. But that didn't keep agape love from reaching out to me, calling me to salvation. And comforting me. When I'm at my worst. uh, God's love is intact toward me. Praise God. And I owe it to my brethren. To love them like God loves me. And you owe it. We ought to love one another. Hallelujah. Because of the way that God has loved you. And God has loved me. In fact for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And when we begin to love one another with the kind of love that God has loved us with, it becomes an indisputable, they may dispute it, but in reality, in their heart of hearts, they will know we are truly disciples of Jesus Christ, truly following his example. That's why the Bible said as we close in Ephesians 5, be ye followers of God as dear children and walk in Love even as Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. That word follower means an imitator. It means not just putting it on in imitation. It means truly beginning progressively to love and through that love having our character shaped to where all the rest of the fruit of the Spirit begin to blossom and bloom from that wonderful, wonderful plant of Christ in us. His character now being reproduced in us. And friend of mine, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior today, for God so loved the world according to John 3.16, and that means you and that means me, for God so loved the world, this fallen sin-filled, rebellious, blasphemous world that He gave. He gave. Gave Him to die in our place. Gave Him to hang upon a cross. Gave Him to take the punishment for our sins, for yours and mine. For God so loved the world. For God so loved Jane and John and Mary, and Marvin, and Sue, and Stanley, and Robert. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe upon Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Today, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, and you have listened because you were intrigued by this message and now you're hearing more than the word of God you're hearing more than the messenger of God you're hearing the Holy Spirit call you come to Jesus repent of your sin receive Christ as your Savior and today if you're a Christian God has a a wonderful plan for your life first is to save you and then to work within your life to make you more and more like Jesus and everything that touches your life is for that grand and great end so all things are working together with God's eternal purpose for good <laughs> your good in His glory it doesn't get any better than that cooperate thank Him love Him trust Him in your trial praise Him in your storm and come back next week and let's talk about Jesus